Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for February 7th, 2022. Every morning we get up, we get a word from God. We, I share it with you. You get to receive that word, internalize it, apply it to your life. I share it with you in a way that you can apply, right? And so when, this is today's word, and I always seek to turn the corner from information to application. Your, your learning has to turn into living, and God graces me to be able to teach his word in a way that people can see and hear and understand. And so listen, I'm ready for the word this morning. We've been learning life lessons from the life of Jesus. I trust that you are as well. I want you to open up your heart to receive. Okay, so we've been looking at the life of Jesus. Uh, this is a series where I'm teaching us to be intentional about the type of progress that we're seeking. But this is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 21. If you missed the previous messages, they're all online and they're all for free. So please tap into that so you, you could be blessed by the word of God. It's not about me. It's all about him. So we've been looking at six things to, to start the year. The Lord told me to teach through these six things. I'm still at number one praying and discerning, but I'm going to get through all of these things. It's going to take me months and I'm okay with that. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> I'm not on a timeline. And so as we get through all of this, I believe that this year, 2022, at the end of it, we will be incrementally closer to God's overall expected end for our lives. So let's continue where we are in uh, the story of Jesus and life lessons from Jesus from the gospel according to St. John. We studied so far in this series, John 5, 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, and 16. Today we cross over into chapter 17. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I was taught as a child that the Lord's Prayer was the Our Father Prayer, right? Like from Matthew 6, Our Father. And so, but really, um, me, my opinion, this is Rick Pina, John 17 is the Lord's Prayer because it's the prayer that the Lord prayed for us. Uh, the, the other prayer is like a model prayer where we can learn how to pray, but John 17 is actually a prayer that Jesus prayed and he prayed it for us and it covers the whole chapter. And so, uh, because it does, of course, I can't get through the whole chapter in one day. Today, we're going to look at John 17 verses one through five. So we're going to look at the Lord's prayer in bite-sized chunks. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. So let's get to it. The word says, the Bible says, John 17, beginning at verse one, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, father, the hour has come glorify your son so that he could give glory right back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one that you gave him. And this is the way to eternal life, to know you, the only true God, G and Jesus the Christ, the one that you sent to the earth. I brought glory to you here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory that we shared before the world began. So what does this mean for you today? Five verses I share with you. So I have five things to share with you. I have a lot to cover this morning. Let's get into it. Five things. Number one, here we go. The Holy Spirit will lead you to discern the timing of God. One of the things that, you know, in those six things, I talk about a lot about the timing of God because there's a timing component to the promises of God. So in chapter 16, 
Jesus said, we just dealt with this last week. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will reveal things to us about our future. And then as soon as we cross over into chapter 17, we see an example of it. Jesus said right there in the opening prayer, Father, the hour has come. He was like, okay, Father, I'm discerning that the hour has come. He was talking about going to the cross. He was talking about dying for us, for our sins. Jesus knew that he came to this earth to die. He was born to die. And, and finally, the hour had come. He knew that he already had accomplished everything he was supposed to accomplish. He knew that he had gotten out of him everything the Father deposited on the inside of him. And while he was supposed to die, he knew that he could not die before the right time. But he knew that the hour had come. Paul is another example of this. Paul Paul even got frustrated at one point in his ministry. He was writing and he said, you know what, guys, to be honest with y'all, I would rather leave here. Like, you know, I would rather just leave this earth and go to heaven. Uh, being in heaven is way better than being down here. Remember, Paul got caught up into heaven. He, he got caught up into the third heaven. He saw some things that is not lawful for a man to see, right? He saw some things that's not lawful for a man to utter. So he was like, I know what heaven is like, and heaven is way better than down here, and I would rather just die and go to heaven, but it's not my time. And so the Father still has stuff inside of me. So because um, I haven't completed my assignment, I have to stay down here with y'all and I have to keep doing what I'm doing. But the time came and he wrote half the New Testament and in his last letter, he says, okay, finally, thank you, Jesus. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Wait a minute, Paul. The gospel hasn't gone out throughout the whole world yet. No, no, but I finished my course. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Paul. There's people that are not saved yet. He said, yeah, yeah, I got you, but I finished my course. You can't say that I finished my course if you don't know what my course is. Jesus said the hour has come because he knew what his course was and he knew the timing of God. Paul knew what his course was and he knew the timing of God. When you walk with God and allow God to walk with you and you just learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to discern the timing of God. And there's a timing component to the promises of God. The right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. So you have to learn how to discern not just the what God said, but when is going to happen. If God told you the what, but he didn't tell you the when, then you're going to have to wait. You have to add patience to your faith. But there's going to come a time. There's going to come a moment. And, and remember those six things. The last one was knowing how to receive. You got to know when it's time for you to reap that harvest. You got to know when it's the right time to do the right thing. And so there's a timing component. And when you walk with God, the Holy Spirit will lead you. This is a year of progression for us. He will lead you concerning what to do at just the right time. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, walking with God will help you to develop confident humility. You can be confident. You can be bold. You can be humble at the same time. You can be humble and bold, right? Confident humility. Jesus prayed. He said, glorify your son that he may get the glory right back to you, for you have given him authority over everyone. He's like, glorify me that I may glorify thee. This is confident humility. You, you, Jesus knew who he was. He knew what he was called to do. So he had no problem acknowledging the grace and the anointing for his assignment. He was like, listen, I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. He embraced the grace for his assignment. And when you, in like manner, you and I, when you know who you are, when you know what you're called to do, you can wholeheartedly connect with your divine assignment, with your divine purpose. You, and once you do, you can be completely humble and bold at the same time. Let me explain. It takes humility and boldness to embrace the grace for your assignment. Why? Because humili- it takes humility for you to acknowledge the fact that, man, God called me to do something that I can't do without him. 
right? So at first you're like, man, it's it's a sobering thing. Like it's a it's a humbling thing to know that God called you to do something, but honestly, you can't do it without God. So God is when God calls you to do something, He's not checking your bank account, <laughs> He's not checking your budget, He's checking your faith. And so, so He's like, No, I'm calling you to do something that you can't do, but I need you to believe for it. I don't need you to perform for it. And so, so it's humbling to know that God has called me to something that is beyond me. But then it's going to take boldness for you to accept it. It's going to take courage for you to exercise the faith to operate on a level that exceeds your power, your ability, your strength. It takes courage to be able to actually exercise in faith, launch out. Faith is something you say. Faith is something you do. Faith is a seed that you sow based on something God revealed. And when when it's going to take courage, it's going to take faith for you to attempt it, right? Because you know that in your own, you can't do it. You, you get out there where you're like, okay, Father, I'm going to do this, but please, God, please don't let me look stupid. I'm just, I'm out here. I did what you told me to do. I'm out here at the risk of looking foolish. So it takes humility and it takes courage and boldness at the same time. So when you put this all together, uh, you have someone who is, number one, humble. Humble enough to know that I can't do it without God. Number two, crazy enough, crazy enough to believe that God can do it through me. And number three, somebody that's willing to embrace the grace to become who it is that he or she is called to be. I hope that's you because that's definitely me. When you get to this point, you can pray this prayer like Jesus prayed. Father, glorify me that I may glorify thee. So I'm I'm asking you humbly for you to glorify, make my name great. But the only reason why I'm asking you to do it is so that I can make your name great. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, there is only one way to eternal life. Let me say that again. Let me, let me slow down for the people in the back. There is only one way to eternal life. Jesus prayed, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent. To the earth. Now, listen, I know it's 2022. I know that we live in a society today that is very tolerant and accepting and seemingly open to just about anything. Like there's people on, on this call that are my age or maybe a little bit older, but there's also some younger, younger people. The younger generation, it seems like they're just open and they are, they're accepting to just about anything and everything. Listen, we can be tolerant and we can be accepting and we can respect other people's beliefs. But that doesn't mean that we can't believe what we're supposed to believe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I know that our society in 2022 does not like absolutes. This this society today, ooh, if you have absolutes, if you have rights and wrongs, you know, you might be called a bigot. That's that's the way they roll today, right? This society is not about rights and wrongs. This society is not about absolutes. This society today is about, hey, what about? And, you know, maybe and all of that. But Jesus was not ambiguous. <laughs> Jesus was not like maybes or whatabouts and how about this and how about that. Jesus was clear. There's only one true God. And for you to make it to heaven, you got to go through this true God and you got to believe in his son, the one he sent. That's it. I know, I don't know. Let me say it this way. I don't know how you could be a Christian and believe like there's multiple paths to heaven. I had this conversation from time to time where, where people that say, oh, no, look, Rick, I'm a Christian too, but come on, man. Do you really believe that there's only one way? <laughs> I'm a Christian too, but come on, man. Do you really, really believe that Jesus is the only way? And I'm like, okay, well, when you say you're a Christian, first of all, what does that mean? Christian, Christ-like, right? I mean, so you're, you're saying you're like Jesus. Then let me ask you this. What Bible are you reading? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, 
I know people get uncomfortable. I, oh, man, people are uncomfortable right now when I'm talking. I know people get uncomfortable when, when you talk about, like, you know, stuff like, like absolutes. Like, no, there, there's, the, there's a song that said that the Bible is right and somebody is wrong. Like, the Bible is right. Uncomfortable or not, I can't change the Bible, right? I can't change the Bible. All I can do is preach the Bible. Let me tell you what the Bible says. In very unambiguous, very clear terms, 1 John 5, 11 and 12, whenever I read this, this is about as simple as it can be. This is what the Bible says. This is what God has told us. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. But whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Whenever I read that, I always ask the question, what are your questions? I mean, like, you can't, you can't mess that up. Like, I respect what other people believe. I, 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 I'm not going to be disrespectful in any way. Look, you can believe whatever you believe. But I'm going to believe what I believe, and I'm not going to allow my respect or my tolerance for your beliefs to cause me to question my beliefs. No, 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 no. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can go to the Father but by him. And guess what? That's the gospel. I know that people don't talk about it a lot today, but that's the gospel. We got to say it. You should never be ashamed of what you believe. You should never be ashamed of what the Bible teaches. Jesus was very clear about this. And I believe God. I believe God's word. And the church said, amen. Whether you want to say amen to that or not, it's still the gospel. All right. Number four, you bring glory to God on the earth by finding and following and finishing your divine assignment, getting it done before you die. In his prayer, Jesus said, I brought glory. He said, come on, Father, I'm, almost, I'm, I'm about to go to the cross, but I just want to be clear. I brought glory to your name here on the earth by completing the work that you sent me to do. Jesus was saying, Father, I'm on the earth. I did what you sent me here to do. And as a result, I brought glory to your name. That's the mindset we're supposed to live with. Do you want to bring glory to God? Listen, if you're watching this, I, I, you know, I would assume that you want to bring glory to God. If you're watching this, I assume that you want to live a life that is pleasing in God's sight. Well, if you want to bring glory to God, here's the uh, very simple formula. Find it, follow it, finish it. I've been preaching this for years. Find it, follow it, finish it. You discover it, you develop in it, you deploy into it. You have to accomplish your divine assignment and get it done before you die. You embrace the grace to be who it is that God has called you to be. In God's eyes, you cannot achieve success any other way. I, when you stand before God, I know that people down here want to measure success with money and cars and positions and fame and all that. God's in God's perspective, things are different. When you stand before God, first of all, when you stand before God, if God were to ask you, hey, son, hey, daughter, why should I allow you into my heaven? Then the answer, there's only one answer. None of this. Well, I did this and I did that. And I had a perfect Sunday school attendance record and I, and I fed the homeless and I visited the people in jail. And I, no, no, stop. None of that. <laughs> there's only one answer. I accepted Jesus as my Lord. I accepted Jesus, your son, as my Lord. End of story. Point blank period. There's nothing else to say. I can, I'm only going to heaven because of Jesus, not because of me, not because of anything I did or not, not because of anything I failed to do. I'm only going to heaven because of Jesus. Once we get past that, if he says, okay, now son, daughter, now I'm, I'm letting you into heaven. What did you do with the one life that I gave you? At that point, God is not looking for answers connected to, well, uh, I made this much money. Well, I have this many degrees. Well, I, uh, I served in you know this position or that position. Well, I was the CEO of this or that. Well, I start no 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 no. God wants to know. Listen, oh, I had this. Uh, uh, I had cars and houses. None of that. God wants to know purpose. 
your success is going to be measured in purpose. Did you accomplish what I sent you to this planet to accomplish? Is either yes or no. It's either, it's really that simple. Jesus said, Father, I brought glory to you here on the earth. How, Jesus? By completing the work that you gave me to do. That's it. That's it. You, I completed the work that you gave me to do. That's it. I, I, my success will not be measured in anything but purpose. So at the end of the day, I did what you sent me to this planet to do, point blank, period. So, so if in Ephesians 2 and 10, the Bible says, in Christ Jesus, God made us new people, a new creation. Why? Paul, the Bible says, so that we could spend the rest of our lives doing the good things that God already prepared for us to do. There are some things that I'm called to do that you're not called to do. There's some things that you're called to do that I'm not called to do. That's why we can't. This is why jealousy is terrible in, in the body of Christ. This is why when you understand the kingdom, you should never be jealous of anyone. If I'm jealous of you, I'm devaluing me. That's ridiculous. For, for, if, I'm je if I'm jealous of you, I'm disrespecting who it is that God has called me to be. I, I, I'm not, I don't have the grace to be you, but you don't have the grace to be me. So I can't compare myself to you. The Bible says, don't compare yourselves to yourselves. I can only compare my, I will only be measured against my divine purpose. I don't have a ruler, but when I get to heaven, God is going to take my purpose and measure me against my purpose. My purpose will be a ruler. And so he's going to measure me against my purpose. Did you do it, son? Did you do what I sent you? Now, here's the good news. My God is not going to judge you against my ruler, right? Because my purpose is for me. Your purpose is for you. And God is not going to judge you uh, or me against your ruler. So, so when I get to heaven, he's not going to say, well, your brother did this. Your cousin did that. No, God is going to say, what did I send you to do? And you got to know what God sent you to do. And you got to be able to say, here I am, Father. I got out of me everything you put in me. And it really wasn't even me doing it. It was the grace of God through me. Say amen to that. Number five. And finally, last one for today. Be ready for what is next when the time for what is next comes. Be ready for what is next when the time for what is next comes. I'm just going to close with a quick thought here. Uh, in, in the fifth verse, Jesus prayed. He said, now, Father. Bring me into the glory that we shared before the world began. As soon as Jesus was done, like he was ready, he was at the end of his life, he was ready to go to the cross. He prayed. He was like, okay, Father, remember, I was with you before the world began. I was there. Like we, I was part of the process when we said, let there be light. And there was light and we saw the light and it was good. And the evening and the morning was the first day. Matter of fact, John even said that in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. All things that were made were made by Him and without Him was nothing made that was made. And so, so Jesus was there at the beginning. And Jesus said, now that I'm coming to the end of my time on the earth, I'm ready to go back to the way it was. I'm ready to go back to heaven. I'm ready to go back to glory. I'm ready to share the glory that we had before the world began. Jesus was ready for what was next when the time for what was next came. See, you got to be ready for what is next. This is a year of progression for us. God is a God of progression and not regression. With God is always forward ever, back whenever the best is yet to come. So when you finish one task, when you accomplish one thing, you celebrate it for a moment, you take it in, thank you, Jesus, but then get ready for the next thing. Your progress will have no limits. Proverbs 4 and 12 this year. Your progress will have no limits because you're walking with God. God watch this. When you walk with God, you have the grace for the now and the next. Oh, come on now. So you have the grace for the now. I'm going to do the now. And as soon as the now is over, I'm ready for the next. Say amen to that. These are life lessons from the life of Jesus. There's so much in the life of Jesus that we can glean from. And tomorrow we're going to pick it up where we ended in, in John 17 and 5. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice. 
and speak this over your life, declare this over your life, say this. Say, Father, I thank you for the example that you gave me in Christ Jesus, your son. Jesus lived the way I'm supposed to live. While he was the only perfect human, Jesus minimized his humanity and he focused solely on you, on your divine assignment and on your grace. I live the same way. I minimize me so you can maximize yourself through me. My singular focus in life is to find, follow, and finish your predetermined purpose before I die. I'm not focused on money. I'm focused on you. And you will see to it that all the money I need comes into my hands. I'm not focused on fame. I'm focused on you. And you will see to it that you can make my name great. <laughs> I humble myself before you. And at the same time, I walk with divine confidence and supernatural boldness as I pursue my purpose. I respectfully ask you, Father, to glorify me that I may glorify thee in this world. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org. Uh, you get the notes for free. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. You should do that. Also, do me a favor as we close. Two things. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing Monday, and I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.